You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I'm your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy, and I can see two guys on a roof from my window. What are they doing? Uh, it's not uh, shit. What are their names? Harry and Marv. The Wet Bandits. Yeah, are they are they home aloneing someone? <laughs> uh, they they could be. I think they would be home aloneing an apartment, not <laughs> not like a house the size of the McAllisters. Well, uh, you know, inflation. They're downscaling. Yeah. I mean, they they did take a pretty good beating. <laughs> a couple so maybe, times, so maybe they've had to to lower their their sights. But mm. I don't know who lives there. If you do a whole apartment building, that's a lot of variety too. So it's like yeah, a department a... store of robbery. I was gonna say it's an advent calendar of robbery. <laughs> those, <laughs> that's those better. Are pretty it's good. More festive. <laughs> um, this this is the season when they are active. It it's, is yes. <laughs> when the wet bandits come out of their cave <laughs> having hibernated the the 12 days of thievery uh, so this one's going to be we're recording in a morning which is not the time when any of us are at our best yeah so um, let's see how weird this one gets we're also in a tight timeline because timeline because i have to go to a weaving class that got rescheduled from october to today um <laughs> Because that's how that happens. But I did want to tell you real quick. Uh, I have leveled up since last we talked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a pretty cool birthday. I was on a Wednesday. You know, one of the best days for a birthday. Um, but um, I went out to lunch with my mom to this place in like one of those shopping malls over near the derelict Gwinnett Place Mall where Stranger Things was filmed. Uh, because there is a restaurant in there. It's a really small place, uh, but it's called Tiger K Cup Bob. <laughs> yeah, and I could not, I could not see a restaurant name like that and not go immediately put food in my mouth from it. So um, we went there, and it's like Korean street food, and kind of like interesting Korean street food, not stuff that I have seen at a lot of other places. Although they do have the hot dogs crusted with potatoes which have started cropping up a lot more frequently um but uh, mom and i got a bunch of things to try uh they had a croquette which was like crispy and delicious um they have something called uh hoduk which is uh the korean pancakes where they have got fillings between two little pancakes um and we also tried bulgogi fries because yeah delicious Um, so we were pretty excited. It smelled awesome in there. It was like little place. We sit down and we start talking. And to our surprise, a robot tiger delivers our food. Describe this tiger. So it's like, yeah. so this is, this Complexity, is a. Uh... Complexity, size, moving parts. 
this is Tiger Intern's like future self. Yeah, Temp Tiger. Temp uh, yet. Temp Tiger has out like outsourced himself. Cyborg. Like his cyber self. Yeah, he's made cyber, himself obsolete. Cyber Temp Tiger. Um, yeah, it's a it's a real shame what automation and, and AI is doing for the the like hardworking. Uh, he's known as Gig the Tiger world. these days. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gig tiger economy is rough. Uh, so this was, uh, it was basically like a rolling cylinder on wheels. It had uh, like levels that the the food could be put on, like tray levels in it uh, that they could put the, the different foods on. Um, and it had one of those, I guess, like Daft Punk style faces that change. And, and like make expressions <laughs> like and things led face yeah um, yeah <clears throat> and then little tiger ears uh and it's it's just like a cylinder with a, a little head robot thing that has the face ears um the, the face has like cute eyes and whiskers on it um and then there's like a little wire and fabric tiger tail just kind of sticking up on the back of it <laughs> And then because it's the holiday times, it also was covered in, like, mistletoe and Christmas ornaments. Well, yeah, obviously. And it just, like, brings you the food and talks to you all cheerful and says, like, tell me when you're finished. And a little finish button goes on there. So we, Mom and I just, like, look at each other and we slowly get our food off of this thing and then we <laughs> press the finish button. And uh, Cyber Tiger uh, very happily turns around and, and scoots himself back to the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, it just dissolves into a biodegradable gel there on the floor. So the food was delicious, but even if it hadn't been, that would have been totally worth it for the Cyber Tiger experience. Do they have more than one of these, or is it just a very like slow and exclusive restaurant? I believe it is just the one that... I mean, I, I just saw one. They don't have that many tables. It's... <laughs> I was going to ask, how, were there any other people in there? There were. Like, there what were is some the... families. How stressed out about the lunch rush does this robot tiger get? <laughs> it's not they... It's not like a fancy restaurant or anything either. It's like literally one of those places you walk into in a, a strip mall um, that has like lots of food on a tall menu behind the counter. Yeah, that is not where you would expect to see something of this complexity. But it's delightful, and I highly recommend that you check out Tiger K-Cup. Um, <laughs> um, just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then I went and uh, got got volunteer orientation at Yellow River and was followed around by Hank the turkey. So that was pretty fun. Shout out to Hank. I know he's a listener. Hank's always yeah. listening. Uh, where are we headed today? Uh, we're going to... We're not going far. North America. Okay. But it is festive. You promise? I, I do promise it is festive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Festive to who? Um, Hopefully us. Hank, the only one that matters. <laughs> from a from a turkey's point of view, it's very festive. Um, all right, uh, <clears throat> so we're going to the raddest fairy tale site on the internet, fairy tales with a z dot com. Excellent. Uh, to read the Christmas tree forest, a North American tale invented by Raymond McDonald Alden. Uh, an American scholar and educator who lived from 1873 to 1924, uh, was born in New York, 
edited several of Shakespeare's plays. Um, so we're relatively modern here. Yeah, this is uh, this is post most folklore times. Um, we're, we have to scrape some things for holiday tales. Sure, uh, <laughs> they're I harder think, to come by. I didn't have a note that anyone suggested this to me, so I think I just like found it on my own <laughs> in, in your raccoon scrounging. <clears throat> yeah, while like just... skateboarding around fairytales dot com. <laughs> just rose up out of the latent space on the internet. <laughs> if you did suggest this to me, and I was foolishly incapable of typing extra information <laughs> next to this link like I usually do. Uh, I apologize, but I put this link in here some 2,000 years ago, so I do not recall. So yeah, that's uh, that's the information we got on this. Great. <laughs> not a lot, but... Uh, I do have more holiday movies that I wanted to tell you about, but uh, I know that we're on a time crunch, so uh, I was going to give you the options of uh, the one where... A plague of women descend on a Wisconsin town like locusts because they see a marginally handsome firefighter on a cooking show. Um, But instead, I'm going to tell you about the much more interesting one, which is that Santa Claus is uh, powerless in the face of God. I will need the title to that first one. Yeah, no, I'll get we'll save that one for another time. (laughs) I'll tell you about it. Um, But this one is just called Summertime Christmas, and it takes place in a universe where the UN has decreed that parents can't discipline their kids anymore. Wow. It is illegal to discipline your children because children have rights, is what the movie says, (laughs) which is true. They do have rights, but this is a little ridiculous. Also, this was made in 2010, just as a heads up. Cool. We Uh, have rights and we can still be disciplined. (laughs) (laughs) The basic plot is that uh, two off-duty Santa's elves who are played by smarmy teenagers in uh, American Eagle apparel, because it was 2010, Hmm. uh, find themselves in a random town in Ohio uh, where they are witnessing how naughty all children are now. There's about 20% globally children on the nice list anymore. It's real dire. Especially if niceness powers the North Pole. Right. Like, Santa keeps calling them on their uh, hologram communicators saying, like, I'm going to have to shut down production. We, we we don't have any children to service anymore. Wait, because they're all just too naughty? Yeah, because they can't be disciplined, the UN said. <clears throat> this is giving me real Elon Musk buying Twitter vibes. <laughs> so Santa's just radioing them in occasionally saying, we're just going to have to shut down the factory. Yeah, he's just monitoring the situation. Yeah. Um, So they try to solve things using their magic, but they realize that their elf magic can only influence kids to do one nice action at a time. And that's just limits to your magic system. Yeah, that's just going to take way too long to solve. Uh, But instead, the day is saved by a little girl who puts on a Christmas pageant of the nativity scene, a classic, in the middle of June which is the where the summertime comes in. Uh-huh. And that fills her town with so much Christmas spirit that it saves the day. And then Santa personally comes to thank her. And when the elves ask him, like, why their magic couldn't do anything, he says to them, magic can't change hearts. Only God can. Oh. Fun. What is his 
fun what religious is his, like, What is his like relationship with God like? Tell me, <laughs> would, tell I, me about, is, I'm fascinated. <laughs> tell me about Santa's walk with Christ. I'm I'm especially fascinated because the elves in the movie don't seem familiar with Christ. They're learning about it from this little girl's play, but then Santa rolls up and he's like, "Yeah, I know, I'm, I know all about Christ and how rad he is. Way better than me, anyway." Deuces. So that's my story for this time. Go check that one out. It's called Summertime Christmas. It's Dove the, approved. Can I get the title of the uh, the fireman? Yeah, let me double check just to make sure it is accurate, but I'm pretty certain it is A Christmas Wish in Hudson. And where can we find these things? I looked up the one that you had recommended before, but it required like a, a trial period of this very Christian network thing mm-hmm. on Amazon. Uh, a Christmas Wish in Hudson is free on the Roku channel. That's where I watched it. And uh, Summertime Christmas, uh, we watched on Amazon, as usual. Cool. Well, thank you. All right. Uh, Any updates from you, Gordy? Are you ready to learn about a Christmas tree forest? I finally bought Iron Harvest because it was on sale. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's got pretty tepid reviews, but it's $8. More to come. Yeah. Are you receiving $8 worth of enjoyment from it? Uh, I'm receiving a very slow download <laughs> from it. So, to be determined. All right. So, 25 cents of enjoyment thus far. All right. The Christmas Tree Forest. At the northern end of the world, farther than men have gone with ships or sleds, Instead of there being ice and snow, like everyone thinks, uh, there is actually, I don't know if you know this, um, but a land full of children. Um. And it's called the Great Walled Country. <laughs> uh, who who put up the wall? A gated community. Was is it this, us or was it them? Is, <laughs> do, by kids, do they mean elves? Uh, they is, do mean and children. And is this some Santa shit? There, there will be some shit, Santa shit, but these are children. Uh, the Great Walled Country got its name from a big wall that was hundreds of feet thick and and also hundreds of feet high and made entirely of ice, which doesn't melt in winter or summer. Uh, and this is, of course, why people don't know about the country, because of, of the wall. Oh, that's oh, why they call it that. Yeah, and that's why you don't know about it, because there's and just a wall that's why I don't there. know about it. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Was, was the George R. R. Martin lie. trying to trying to warn us of something? <clears throat> children are coming. Uh, it's full of children because no one who lives there ever grows up. So this is, I guess, the northernmost uh, wonderland. Yeah, this is the North Pole of Neverland. Yeah, that one, Neverland. Um, so the kids might be incredibly old, but they are still children. And even the king and queen and princes and courtiers are all children. Uh, The noble family plays a lot with dolls and tin soldiers. And every night at seven, they have a bowl of bread and milk and go to bed. But they do make excellent rulers and all the other children are well pleased with their government. That's a direct line. (laughs) This is starting to feel like propaganda. 
Uh, this is a rad country, and I could go on. Uh, but this story is only about Christmas time, because we know what sells DVDs. So you can imagine how awesome Christmas is that close to the North Pole, because there's a lot of ice and snow, uh, which is, of course, what makes Christmas. Uh, but that is not all. Grandfather Christmas lives just north of them, and his house leans against the wall and would tip over without it, so he had some really bad contractors. <laughs> You should not have your house's structural integrity based on a wall of ice. Uh, and global warming is going to really mess up the whole Christmas experience, I think. As it uh, does most things. Yeah. So they call him Grandfather Christmas up there. But in case you hadn't picked it up, um, Raymond would like you to know that this is Santa Claus. Oh, sneaky. I see. This is his OC Santa Claus. <laughs> And as much as Grandfather Christmas loves kids, he loves these kids in this country the best. Yeah, because they're always kids. So you scrubs reading this story, fuck you. I was only a kid for a little bit, comparatively. That's true. I don't begrudge Santa for uh, appreciating his permanent clientele over me. Santa is apparently the equivalent of uh, someone who wants, like... The, the teacup puppies or the mini kittens that, yeah. <laughs> that like even when they're grown up they don't look like they're grown up that makes a lot of sense that's the only that's the only human he likes i'm well, he is, positing that he's not human and that we are like pets to him it has to be something like that because he is targeting a demographic with not a lot of spending power that is true so one pretty cool thing about having Grandfather Christmas as a neighbor is that these kids never have to buy their Christmas presents, much like real kids. <laughs> How different and whimsical. <laughs> Every year on the eve, before he makes up the bundles for the rest of the world, he takes himself on a walk in the Christmas tree forest that grows in the back of the palace of the king of the Great Walled Country. And just has himself a lovely stroll. I assume this is just a pine forest. But, you know, um, and while he's walking, because he can't help himself, uh, he fills the trees with candy and books and toys. He has a condition. These things just kind of like spew <laughs> out from him. It's like the sludge of no face from Spirited Away. Yeah. <laughs> just following him around. Just books and treats just slough off of Santa as he moves. Um. <laughs> uh, so at nightfall, when the children and the rest of the world are sleeping and waiting for Grandfather Christmas to come, these kids bundle themselves up and go off into the forest to harvest the tree gifts for their friends. <laughs> harvest the tree gifts. Oh, I'm, none of this sounds righteous to me. <laughs> and this is not <clears throat> radical enough for a fairy tales with a Z story? It's not that it's not radical, it's just that I, I feel like we're not getting the truth here. Oh, this is radical propaganda. Yeah. Um, so each child there, goes... There's a fine line between horror and whimsy, and we're riding it. <laughs> uh, each child goes off by themselves so that none of their friends can see what they've picked out for them, and no one even thinks of taking a present for themselves. It's the season of giving, after all. Yep. It's a pretty big forest, so you can do this easily and, and not, like, run into people. And there's plenty of stuff to go around, because <clears throat> Santa just, like, spews it. 
from from his his churning roiling skin <laughs> um so yeah it's pretty great the christmas times up there bet you're jealous which tree is the one with the one piece books i'm asking for a friend is it, this just this feels like like everything's incredible up here we have presents <laughs> and kids and it's and it's magical uh and and the source of all of it is is a crawling horror but don't pay too much a cl- like don't pay attention to that part yeah it'll all come tumbling down just enjoy what you have also it's winter all year round so like that's the the hardest season to survive in how are we getting this reporting i'm i don't raymond how did he get in and out to tell us about this helicopter oh yeah uh once so many years ago they would have forgotten it if they hadn't written the story down in their big book all caps uh, and read it every year. Uh, the children in the Great Walled Country had a very strange Christmas. Because this old dude visited. Not Santa. Not not Grandfather Christmas. An old human man. Is it our storyteller? I, I doubt it, but maybe. Who else could it be? This was the first stranger in many years who had made it over the wall. Was it Hank the Turkey? Yes. Um, And this man looked so wise and interested that the king invited him to the palace and he was treated with every possible honor. The child king. Yeah. (laughs) Child king. But kids like attention and this guy is giving it, so. Oh, yeah. So the old man asks about their rad Christmas and listens very gravely to the explanation of what they do. Then he puts on his wisdom face and says... You know, you could do this easier if you just picked out your own presents, and then you wouldn't have to divide them again or be bummed when someone got you something lame. Oh, it's Satan. <laughs> Santa's slithered brother, a, Satan. Sl- slithered his way in <laughs> over the wall. So the king's like, huh, that does sound like wisdom. So- Suddenly all these kids are flocking to the gift card tree. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me money. I'll pick out what I want. Can they? Um, it's such a struggle to get gift cards. <laughs> Is it? At least in my experience. To get or to, to like to get for others or to receive yourself? To convince people that that is what I would like to receive. Ah. Yeah, you'd think after all this time people would just get it, but. You would think. So the king discussed with the courtiers and they were all like, hell Yeah. That sounds good. No one can complain or wish that someone had taken a little bit more time and pains to find out what they actually wanted. So the None said, of us want these d- learn to draw manga books. They're awful. Stop they getting us these. They teach us nothing. <laughs> the people making them are that, that manga skilled themselves. <laughs> this person saw one episode of Pokemon and thought they could write a book. Uh, so the king made the proclamation, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, cool, sounds great. I have gotten a bummer gift before. Um, this will definitely prevent that disappointment. This feels like a story written more recently than the early 1900s, but, <laughs> you know, people are people, are people apparently. So the kids had their usual meeting and carol singing on Christmas Eve, and then the clock struck 10 o'clock, which is present time. And they all wished each other a Merry Christmas and separated to go find their own special cool <laughs> thing. Let's go on our merry way. Yeah. 
The king noticed that the music sounded a little less merry, and the children's Mm. eyes did not shine as gladly as before, but since everyone was expecting a better time than usual this year, he didn't think much of it. Wait, Wait, wouldn't you, though? You can notice it and then be... I mean, he's the king, so, you know, why trouble yourself with worrying about other people? It just seems like if you were expecting it to be way better and it's noticeably worse than usual... You would notice that. He did notice it. He just didn't think on it. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is like their whole thing. He just went, huh, and then played with his PlayStation 5 that he picked off of a tree. (laughs) Uh, So there's only one person who was not pleased with this proclamation. Uh, Cindy Lou Who. (laughs) Yes. Um, This is a boy named Inge who lived with his sister, Cindy Lou Who. (laughs) Uh, his sister had a physical disability that prevented her from like doing the forest walk and uh, kind of kept see. her housebound. And she's the only one in yes, child she is, town. She is the singular child with a, a disability. I don't know how these children Gosh, come like get here. The singular exception that proves the rule, like because, how they come to be. Yeah, because if they're children, then they're they're I. I sincerely hope and doubt that they are having children. So is this where the storks go now? Like, the storks just occasionally drop off a new kid? Yeah, when they lose the uh, the packaging. The when the, yeah, when the direction is, is written out really poorly. Uh, when they get a return to sender, they just put it here. It says, like, leave on porch, but there is no porch. Yeah. What they do you want swing. me to do? Off to Kid Mountain. <laughs> is it, do they stay kids forever? Yeah. Is that, like, the worst place to end up? <laughs> Well, the storks designed it that way so that if they ever figured out who the kid was supposed to go to, then they could just bring him there. That is the question, though, Gordy, because the propaganda seems to say that this is the best place they could be, but also it is winter all the time, and their king plays with dolls all day. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. Sounds good. They won't tell us about any time other than Christmas. The storyteller did proclaim at the beginning, like, this story's about this time, so that's what you're going to get. Um, so it might blow all year round, and this is the one thing that makes it worthwhile. So they, they like, really got to get some mileage out of that PS5 that they found. Yeah. <laughs> and the true. rest of the year is going to suck. Uh, so Ainge took care of his sister. I don't know how siblings work in this world, either. Um... Uh, Maybe they're twins. It's just undeniable. To, yeah. He tried to make her life happy, and he'd always gone to the forest on Christmas Eve and returned loaded down with pretty things that would amuse her throughout the coming year. Uh, so she couldn't go after <clears> any <throat> presents for him, but he didn't mind that at all, especially since he did have other friends who would find things for him, so he didn't like miss out on the whole thing. Yeah. So Inge wasn't sure what to do. Because the king had ordered that no one gather presents for anyone but themselves, or more than could be carried at one time. (coughs) Sounding like a a certain UN decision. (laughs) So he just thought about it for a little bit, and he decided he'd do himself a little crime. He's gonna take gifts for his sister anyway, fuck the king. Because uh, he can run around and play in the snow that's there all the time, forever. Uh, but she only had indoor pursuits to entertain her. She's loaded up on how to draw manga books. Yeah. 
She could probably play in the snow with like a little bit of of help and creativity. <clears throat> like sleds can happen. Who knows? Uh, the <laughs> present hunt began, but the children looked around them with dismay, with tears on their faces, because there was nothing hanging from the branches. The king asked his counselors for advice, and no one had any idea, because they're all children and they don't know anything. <laughs> we don't know um, anything about trees or how to make PS5s. <laughs> and they're not sure if Grandfather Christmas had forgotten them or had some kind of accident or what was going on. So after hours of fruitless searching in the cold, the kids trooped out of the forest, and then some of them came across Inge, who had a bag that seemed to be full to overflowing. Inge was very excited and said, Hey, Grandfather Christmas really outdid himself this year. And all the kids are like, what the hell? Where'd you get all these? There are no presents. And he says, what are you talking about? This bag is full and you can't see them. I want to, they're my secrets. <laughs> they are secret presents. Uh, because he didn't want anyone to see that they were for his sister. <clears throat> and I don't know, go to kid jail. I don't know what the consequences are for the law <laughs> breaking. Maybe they do executions here. Um... Uh, but the children begged him to tell them where he had found the gifts, and he pointed back to where he had been and said, well, I left a lot more behind than I brought away. I can still see some things shining in the trees from here. So the children followed his footsteps, and they found nothing. So they figured he was sleepwalking and probably filled his bag with pine cones. That idiot. So there was a lot of sadness on Christmas Day, uh, but those who visited Inge and his sister saw plenty of books and dolls and toys piled around her chair, and they were told that these were from the Christmas tree forest. And the kids shook their heads, not having any idea what it could mean. It's like, I know that you got pine cones, you idiot. I just, I don't know how you managed this. So the gifts are only visible if they're gifts. Yeah. And you can't gift to yourself. It's impossible. Uh, so the king held a council and appointed a committee of his most faithful courtiers to go visit Grandfather Christmas and see what is up. At gunpoint. Yes. If necessary. He's declared martial law. <laughs> um, it's very difficult to climb the wall, but when they get to the top, they look down onto Grandfather Christmas's chimney, and it's really easy to slide down his chimney. This is where he practiced, so... Yeah, super, super accessible chimney. Um, yeah, it's designed for that express purpose. So they got into the house, and they found themselves in his room where he was sleeping. Uh, and they couldn't wake him because he always slept for a hundred days after Christmas. It's a busy night, I understand. Yes. Yeah. Takes a lot of energy. He's probably warping time and stuff too, so essentially <laughs> for, for him, he's awake for for like a week. <clears throat> he's hibernating. A hundred days is like, yeah, that makes sense. That That is what would happen after a cookie crash of that magnitude. <laughs> yeah. You, you are out for a hundred days, sir easy uh so the committee had to turn the hands of his clock 200 times i don't know that the math here works out <laughs> and when the clock had struck 12 times 200 hours uh grandfather christmas thought his nap time was over and sat up feeling not rested so the prince in charge of this committee asks him hey why'd you forget us this christmas and grandfather christmas says i never forget anything well, maybe gloops a little bit as some toys fall out of his <laughs> his mutating skin. The presents were there, and you just didn't see them. A fidget spinner falls out of his mouth as he talks. 
He's a full Geiger horror Santa. Yeah, I love this vision of Santa that we've invented. Where the, to- the, most the toys Santa. are not from elves. They are just they they just come out of his body somehow. It's involuntary, so he has to get rid of them somehow. He just collects them up over the course of the year and then divvies them out at Christmas. Uh, because they're children, in, in response to being told that they didn't see the toys that were there right in front of them, they said, well, but we looked. Kind of like when your mom tells you to go get your shoes, and you're like, I can't find them. <laughs> they're right in front of you. Say, I, I looked. They're not in my cone of vision. <laughs> Only this Pokemon Kamagachi is. <laughs> there were no shoes anywhere, Mom, I swear. And Grandfather Christmas says, yeah, cool. Uh, did Inge find nothing? And the committee went silent because they had heard the rumors of toys at Inge's house. <laughs> Go home, said Grandfather <laughs> Christmas, who now began to realize that nap time absolutely wasn't over and was probably really pissed about it. Let me finish my nap. Now he has presents- to start over. <laughs> the presents were there, but they were never intended for children looking only for themselves. I'm not surprised you couldn't see them. Remember that not everything wise travelers tells you is wise. I turned over and went back to sleep quietly. Grumbling about Satan. Yeah, <laughs> Satan again. As checkers ooze out of his body. <laughs> like cop, full copies of the game checkers or individual checkers? Individual it's a, it's checkers, a... like little pepperonis. Just, I mean, every just now and then the box checkers. comes out. <laughs> so you really do have to sort of gather the necessary components like you might have to follow until you can find a board yeah (laughs) that's what the elves do and there yeah there's no rhyme or reason to the material coming out of him you could be there a while he's pupating individual meeples for different board (laughs) games and it's the job of Santa's elves to kind of follow him and like gather the things and arrange them in a way that makes sense. This is a single jigsaw puzzle piece. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> they have to this... assemble all the puzzles like, ah, oh, damn it, this is the wrong one. Like, this Take fits. a picture of this and put it on the box. This is why like no copy of older board games has all the pieces or the right <laughs> dice or all the money. That is a task that you can expect them to do exactly once. That's what they give the the new elves, the elf interns, is the board game duties. And when you advance up, then you can do the more cushy jobs, like um, polishing the wood toys that just drop out of him fully completed. (laughs) Uh, So the committee returned to tell the king the news, and the next December the king made another proclamation that they're going to return to the old ways, and they made sure they would never forget by writing this down in the big book and telling the story of the year with no gifts every year. But they didn't, like, ever tell anyone specifically what was going on, just that that they had to, to do things the right way or there are no presents. And through an intense game of telephone, that's how we have arrived at the year without a Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> Many of the details have been uh, warped over time. That's the heat miser, cold miser one, right? It is. The The mysterious stranger had split into two brothers singing <laughs> songs about how cold or how hot they are. Well, 
Well, I think we've got a little bit of time if you would like to tell us about the second Christmas special there, Tyler. Unless you, <laughs> I mean, we should probably stay on task and discuss this one real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, my ADHD kicking in there. Um, you just really want to hear about it. I'm, I'm so... Look, you said a flock of women descend upon a town like a plague of locusts for a sexy-ish fireman. I, I want to know how they plot Marginally that. attractive. <laughs> marginally attractive fire oh, yeah i want to know how they plot that um but i guess we should discuss this one mm-hmm. so satan yep <laughs> i mean we did cover a, a lot of the the basics as we were going yeah it's a, it's a pretty straightforward story that raymond has created yeah and i don't hate it either it was pretty fun uh he apparently did a whole book called the great walled country in 1906 Interesting. Which does not receive a Wikipedia link. So in addition to this story, he has written The Rise of Formal Satire in England, The Art of Debate, (laughs) On Seeing an Elizabethan Play. I don't like it. (laughs) Critical Essays of the Early 19th Century. Wait, is that... Are they full of his own essays? Probably. He's written a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, just... Yeah, many varied interests here. Yeah. So it's a combination of children's literature and Shakespeare fanboying. And apparently there are more Christmas stories he's written. So we'll have to get back to those another another time. Would you consider this Shakespearean? I would not on any level consider this Shakespearean. <laughs> I don't I don't see much Shakespeare influence in this, do you? Yeah, so if he was trying to emulate the bard, he uh, missed the mark. For such a fan, he uh, did not take many of the teachings. Yeah, this is definitely more Rankin and Bass than it is uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> I feel he's a man before his time. This reads more modern. I don't know how strongly this metaphor will land for anyone that isn't me, but this did feel like a an animated Christmas short that would air at like three in the morning. Yeah. It, Just yeah. mostly forgotten to time. Yeah. And you would be sort of half awake and delirious and be like, what the fuck is happening as you watch it? I'm a little Which surprised is, no one has like just yoinked this yeah. straight like up. Like Don Bluth's extremely back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's place it there. Who's the guy who did the Lord of the Rings? Uh, uh, Ralph Bakshi. Bakshi, yes. This would be like what he did immediately after. <laughs> Who did the Snow Queen animation? Uh, it is a 1959 film. It's a little horrifying. <laughs> Not oh, the 2012 no. version, which looks... um. <laughs> Which like, is a... like a huge frozen knockoff. Yep. <clears throat> Maybe uh, cashing in on the popularity of Frozen a bit. Oh, I'm like f- flinging through the uh, the YouTube. There's a, the whole movie's on YouTube. I'm pretty sure this is the one I watched as a kid. They do have Robber Girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, they made several of these knockoff Snow Queen movies. Why wouldn't you? It's lucrative. They made three of them. That's a lot of grandma money. Like a like an all Russian cast too. 
1995 one. Maybe this is... Oh, that that's a horrifying cover image. It's a lot of Walmart grandma money you're leaving on the table, Gordy. Unless you make some sequels. <laughs> There's also a movie called The Snow Queen's Revenge. <laughs> For what? Um, I guess so I'd have to watch. This appears to be a sequel to a... Uh, a 1995 film, which I, I think the one I watched as a kid was the 1959 one, because um, this this does not look familiar at all, and it's hilariously bad looking. Um, and they have changed the names to Tom and Ellie, because I guess Kay and uh, Gerda are too difficult to uh, include. Well, no one has names like that anymore. Uh, Snow Queen in this one plots to rule the world. And it is described as a fast-moving, funny, and beautifully animated musical adventure. <laughs> I believe all of those. Um, she has three trolls named Eric, Baggy, and Wardrobe. <laughs> I like Wardrobe. Yeah, Wardrobe's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> I like that as a collection of three. Like, they each make the next one better. Yeah. Yeah, give them, give them to me again. Uh, it's, uh, where is it? Eric, Baggy, and Wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Each one is a swerve from the last. Poor. <laughs> yeah, we start with normal human name, Eric. We go into, name you would give a basset hound, Baggy. <laughs> and then wardrobe. And then the next thing you see in your house. I'm I'm glad they're not themed. Like if it was like armoire, wardrobe, and closet, <laughs> I I don't think I would like that as much. The Snow Queen in this one has bats. I've definitely not seen this film. Um, I think we should find it though. This seems <laughs> this seems like we should watch this. Um, there's something. I'm kind of skimming this. There's some creature named Peeps and another one named Cuddles. They've thrown a lot of, <laughs> of characters in here. All of them necessary. There's Lookout Rats. I don't know. This seems wild. Uh, and then it got a sequel where the Snow Queen holds Ellie responsible for ruining her plans to freeze the world and sets out to seek revenge. Ooh. She kidnaps Dimly the Flying Reindeer. Dimly? Yes. And also once again, Ellie and her friend Peeps the Sparrow are forced to travel, this time to the South Pole, where the Snow Queen and her trolls have taken up residence for the summer. <laughs> there is no synopsis for this title. No one watched it enough to give it a synopsis. This, this is the revenge So they portion. made the crow into a sparrow. Made Gerda into Ellie. And the reindeer can fly. And is named Dimly for reasons unknown. And they're going to a luau. Yes. Uh, let me just give you a quick picture of this. That's an animated movie. <laughs> I have teenagers in my classes who draw better than this. <laughs> so let's hear about yours, Tyler. Well, before that, I did have one last thing that I wanted to say about the actual story we read. Oh, okay. You can be on task, I guess. Briefly. 
<clears throat> I appreciated the twist that we got, which is that the gifts were invisible unless you intended them to be a gift. Mm-hmm. Because I was I was afeared that we were headed in a Grinch direction and that this kid just went like Christmas crazy and gathered up all of the presents in a single bag for his sister. She will get every toy. <laughs> if I'm going to do crime, I'm going to do crime all the way. And I didn't know what the message was going to be then, but that typically doesn't matter for fairy tales. So I'm glad that we did actually get a message <laughs> and that it was consistent. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this firefighter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he get onto the real shit. Yeah, his wife is dead, and he hasn't been dating, even though his teen to college age daughter keeps telling him to find somebody new. Uh, for some reason, he is invited. I don't remember why. He is invited on a cooking show, a nationally broadcast cooking show, where he makes beef stew. The sexiest of stews. Yeah. Hmm. And after that appearance, his hometown of Hudson, Wisconsin, is flooded with women from around the country who are all flocking to try and date this man. Uh, He goes on a single blind date with one of them, uh, realizes he has nothing in common, and then decides that uh, the whole effort is pointless. So he just starts ignoring all these women. Okay. Our main character is actually a website designer lady. Uh, I don't remember where she's from, but uh, she quits her job on Christmas Eve or the eve of Christmas Eve because her boss is trying to get her to build a whole website and have it done on Christmas Day. So she quits and she sees this man on TV also and also goes to Hudson But she's different, because when she sees all the other women doing it, she's like, "Uh, I'm not going to bother him, and just uses this as an opportunity to have a vacation in Wisconsin. So her motivation was still at the beginning. The The exact exact same same. as every other woman. She just is the only one who woke up to how freaking creepy this is. (laughs) Or is just shy. Because that's a hell of a response for one person to have. Yeah. <laughs> Much less a flock of people to have. To be like, hmm, those, there might be abs under there. <laughs> I'm going to buy a plane ticket. He fights fires after all. And try and woo this man who is so very different from any other absman in my immediate uh, like township. <laughs> uh, so they do accidentally bump into each other because she is doing a fucking snow angel in a park and he is jogging and runs over it as she is admiring it. That's their meet cute. So their meet cute is she is, she is in a jogging path. Yeah. (laughs) In Hudson, Wisconsin. In Hudson, Wisconsin. Enjoying some innocent childhood fun, but in a jogging path as an adult. Yeah. Um, And then he, I've, I've Trample been to Wisconsin her. recently. People do do that there. <laughs> Specifically in, in jogging paths, not in fields. Yeah. There might be prickly grasses underneath the snow if it's not on a pavement. And then his part of this is uh, destroying her good works. How angry so they, is, is she that her her beautiful snow angel has been trampled? Not at all, because this is the hot firefighter man she saw on the TV. Okay, so they didn't try to turn this into an enemies to lovers. Last no, minute. she okay. is she's on board from minute one, and it <laughs> remains there the whole film. 
Oh. But she has to then, she wonders if, like, am I as bad as these other women? Because I'm, a, I'm doing exactly what they came to do. <laughs> Except he doesn't know that about me. He thinks I'm just a normal. So the movie, the message of the movie is that um, white lies are okay if it's because you like someone. Okay, Be- yes. Because the metaphor that they end up making is that the firefighter's daughter works at like a jewelry boutique in town and uh, some kid that likes her keeps coming in to buy jewelry and he keeps saying like, oh, this is for my aunt, this is for my sister, my mom. But then at the end he's like, actually I bought it all for you and I was just too shy to say that I like you. And so the firefighter man is like, oh, it's okay to tell little fibs if it's because you're shy and you like the person. Uh-huh. And so then he does date this woman who came to Hudson, Wisconsin, just to meet him because he was on the TV. Also, she claims to be a web designer, but her solution to any problem is, I'll make a blog. What What year is this? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's pretty recent. So post, post the height of blog. Post blogs being looked at by anyone. <laughs> I mean, I read blogs sometimes, but... I do have to remember that they're there. This is Christmas in Hudson. It's a Christmas wish in Hudson, and it's a 2021 film. So definitely post the blog craze. I'm on the Roku like website now just to see, can I, can I play this without giving them any personal information? <laughs> um, I see that there are also some other very promising titles like Christmas Collision. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. A time-consumed professional crosses paths with a writer when she travels to his hometown for business just before Christmas. Every every one of these movies is the same plot. <laughs> they just, like, dress them in different professions. Yeah, just slightly tweaked. Also, on the main page of the Roku channel, the thing that caught my eye as something that Tyler needs to know about is something called Barkitecture. <laughs> this uh-huh. is free in the, in the family... Uh, tv night section uh it is apparently a reality tv show wherein a contractor and an interior designer build custom luxury dog homes for the furry friends of celebrity clientele Uh, i'm gonna toss this image to you guys right now and i'll put it up in the discord when the episode goes up if i remember but this is the man that she flies to hudson wisconsin for his head because she saw him on the tv i assume that this is that they did some kind of photo editing, like run this through a program to make it look like this picture is an art. Um, they do appear to have anime proportions. Yeah, because she's got the big anime head, but he has the tiny man head for like an anime villain. Can you? <laughs> His head looks like a fingernail. Yes, it does. <laughs> hey, Freybug. I think you scared them off. You win. You won the game. All right. Well, that's just going to be the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. That... So there you go, listeners. You get three Christmas tales for the price of one this week. Yeah, he has a he has an index finger in a green sweater with the most <clears throat> normal haircut I've ever seen. But damn, does he make a fine beef stew and chili? That's what matters. Also, he brings up an important debate in the movie. Is chili soup 
He says no. I think it is. Discuss. What do you guys think? Sparks flying already. Sure. (laughs) Why not? It's more of a stew, I'd say. What is a stew if not a soup? I think a stew would qualify as having a lot more, like, chunky bits to liquid ratio. Whereas a soup has a greater liquid to chunky bits ratio. Mm-hmm. Like a stew, you have to chew at some point. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if that's a useful distinction. I guess if somebody wants to know how much chewing they're about to have to do. You you just remember, stew is for chew. Yes. Stew is for and chew, soup, soup is... is for suck. <laughs> yeah, soup is goop. This guy also looks a little too much like Tim Allen to <laughs> to bring women flocking from various parts of the country. I do want to know more about the women because they're not featured often, but there is like a reoccurring group of them that seem to have formed a bond and friendship over this mutual attraction to a marginally handsome firefighter they saw on the TV. They made an accord to be sister wives. I do want to know their story now. I yeah, would rather follow a movie about them. That's the that's the story that that should have been told. I wonder if there's something to like making these Chris like making a Christmas movie that is from the minor character's perspective in all of these Christmas movies. You know, there's like the the trend of stories told from the NPC's perspective in an adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there's something to that in a Christmas film, I would be interested. So you have exactly one person as a built-in audience, at least. You want to help me workshop a script? (laughs) Sell it to Netflix or Tubi? We'll sell it to Roku as a sequel to this. We'll follow the Hudson women, who are like an invasive species now. (laughs) (laughs) They've all moved here. (laughs) The bird population's dying. (laughs) They they live in a, as a rat king in the sewers. <laughs> we need to introduce another predator. <laughs> you need to get a, a marginally more handsome firefighter over in like Michigan to be on TV. <laughs> we need to cull the population. Well, I feel more in the spirit of the holiday. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> We've had Geiger Santa. <laughs> <clears throat> An invasive, <laughs> an invasive rat king women. This yeah, is what the holiday's all about, really. It truly is. Uh, so thank you all for, for listening to this tale. I hope that uh, whatever holidays you celebrate in this winter season treat you well and that you stay warm and cozy and as stress-free as is humanly possible. Um, and uh, thank you so much for listening throughout the year and, and all of that stuff. I think we're probably uh, not recording next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll might be, be a little a... bit. Um, I'm out of town for a couple weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll be probably on a holiday hiatus um, for the uh, the year, I would say, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you in 2023. Uh, thank you to everyone who has supported the show. Thank you to our patrons who um, make a wonderful, supportive uh, pocket family and help keep the show running. Uh, thank you to our top tier patrons. Five-Headed Snake, God Wishes Tyler, A Wonderful Christmas Crime. I think we nailed it. 
on this one. Yeah, well done. Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Piblio Princess, Hiirius, Midori, Becca, Lobster No Longer, the new and improved Haley, Kid Chaos is on the job doling out that spot cash money, Cobbler's Got a Cobble, Awkward, Project Birdfall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Get a running start. Get old crump with you, sweetie pie. Nice. Nailed it, nice. finally. Stuck the dismount. <laughs> Caitlin, Danielle, a brief rush of holiday spirit before returning to my usual grumpy self. Your girl, Olwen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Versus Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Jessica, Nathan the Scott, Millipedish. What the Folklore is a Dave-affiliated creation, all Dave's reserved. I, Liz of Wimbus, Tennis Killed the Dinosaurs, Haley Prime, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Merry Christmas, Doug. Merry Christmas. We don't say it enough. <laughs> we don't say it enough. Merry Christmas, Doug. How's it going, Doug? <laughs> how's, how's your wife and kids, Doug? <laughs> We're with the folklore, and that's how it works. this has been what the folklore thanks for listening to our show if you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.